Okay, I mentioned that tonight we come to the Ten Commandments, um, which is in Exodus chapter 20. The Ten Commandments are also found in another place, uh, in Deuteronomy chapter 5. So in Exodus 20, we have Moses' account of how God delivered the words of the Ten Commandments to the people of Israel. Uh, And then in in Deuteronomy 5, we have something that's about uh, probably 38 years later, close to 48 years later, as Moses addresses the people of Israel as they are about to cross into the promised land. And he again, he recounts uh, what happened in Exodus 20. Uh, So we have two different places where we find that. Um, And so there... As we've been going through Exodus, there have been places um, where we've moved pretty pretty fast, like go a chapter at a time. Uh, you probably don't remember those, uh, but we have had some of those where we've gone a chapter at a time. Um, sometimes a little slower. Well, Exodus 20 will be a little slower uh, as we go through the Ten Commandments. So plan on Becky. Okay. Well, let's just pause right now. Let's pause right now, and we will pray for uh, Marilyn. Father, again, we know that you know this. We know that you are um, well aware of of Marilyn's situation and that you are able to do uh, more than we ask or think. Lord, we pray for her. We pray that you would uh, give relief to her. She suffers so much from these headaches that come and fade but never leave for long. Uh, And so we pray that that you would strengthen her and and strengthen Ron at this time. Um, Pray that they would trust you, that, that all this is for your glory and their good. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so um, starting, we are going to be on probably Exodus 20, uh, on the Ten Commandments portion about about four weeks. Um, Yesterday, if you'd asked me, I'd have said three, uh, but about four weeks. Um, And so October will pretty much be Exodus 20 month. Um, because, and you might say, well, that, but there are five Sundays in October. Yes, but, but uh, Exodus 20, uh, 21 doesn't get us to the end of the chapter either. Uh, and so it will uh, likely be five Sundays, and we'll do our best to keep it at five Sundays. Um, but um, this, is, this is a way, way, way faster pace um, than, than Wednesday nights in Pastor Terry's class. So I was, I was so impressed uh, with when he said in, our, in the Deuteronomy class that, that, that he taught on the first three commandments for six months on Wednesday nights. So, <laughs> so we, won't move, we won't move that pace, but we won't move, we won't move fast either. So, um, so we'll, be, we'll begin tonight with this question. What are the Ten Commandments? 
And so this isn't, this isn't a, a memory test. I'm not going to ask you to list them. Um, and that's not the question I'm asking at all, really. I'm not asking um, what is each of the Ten Commandments. I- instead, I'm asking something more like this. So where did they come from? Why are they here? Um, why are they important? Are they even important? What is it with these Ten Commandments anyway? Well, there are just a lot of ways we could answer that. Uh, There are a lot of things that we could say about the Ten Commandments and what they are. So we're just going to talk about four of them. Um, Three of them just come almost, they they do come directly from the text that that we're covering tonight. So we'll look at four. One is that they are words spoken by God. Okay? Not surprising there. Second is that they are the words of the Lord, or the words of Yahweh. So I'm not suggesting that there is more than one God, um, but you, and you probably understand the difference of why I would write, that, write it this way here, uh, especially if you've been in the Exodus class. But if you don't, you should, by the time we get through the second point, understand uh, the reason for doing it that way. Um, Next is that they are the words of God's covenant with the people of Israel. And then they are words summarizing God's law. So those are are how we're going to answer that question, what are the Ten Commandments. And uh, we will begin with uh, the question. So, so what we're going to do with, in answering the ten, what are the ten commandments? Is, is first we're going to do a short review of last week because there are things that are directly related to the question. Um, secondly, um, we will uh, read all the way through these twenty-one verses. Okay, so we'll read through uh, the introduction part and through the the. Ten Commandments, and then we will look at the question. Then we'll start to work on answering that question, what are the Ten Commandments? So, review. Uh, Last week, we were on Exodus uh, 19, verses 9 through the end of the chapter. Uh, And um, we're just going to hit on a few verses here. Uh, This is verse 9. This is the first part of verse 9. And the Lord said to Moses... Behold, I am coming to you in a thick cloud. And here's why I'm coming to you in a thick cloud. That the people may hear when I speak to you and may also believe you forever. So the Lord's coming in a thick cloud for those reasons. Okay, And then a few verses later we read this. Uh, Now Mount Sinai was wrapped in smoke because the Lord had descended on it in fire. The smoke of it went up like the smoke of a kiln, and the whole mountain trembled greatly. And as the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder, Moses spoke, and God answered him in thunder. And the Lord came down on Mount Sinai to the top of the mountain and the Lord called 
Moses to the top of the mountain, and Moses went up. So there's the picture. God comes down on the top of the mountain. Moses goes up to talk to God, and then God speaks with Moses. And then a few verses later, so this is right at the end of the chapter. Then the Lord said to him, Go down and come up, bringing Aaron with you. But do not let the priests and the people break through to come up to Yahweh, because they might want to see what he looks like. They might want to see him. Lest he, that is, lest the Lord, breaks out against them. So, Moses went down to the people and told them, told them, don't go on that mountain, right? Don't do that. And so that's where this chapter ends. Chapter 19 ends right there. Uh, And this is one of those places that, you know, the chapter break isn't necessarily, well, it helps, it, it, it makes it so that you kind of miss this part of it. So Moses went down from the mountain, and that's where he is when we get to the start of chapter 20. So Moses comes down. Now the parallel passage in Deuteronomy tells us this, that that Moses was standing between the Lord and the people. Moses is standing in between there, so he is down from the mountain and right into... Uh, Exodus 20 and, and what verses 1 through 21. And remember I said we're going to read through them first. So I'll just read through them. I'm going to make one comment on the first word. But. And God spoke all these things saying. So New American Standard reads, Then God spoke all these things, just noting that this is the next thing that happened. Uh, it's the same word. They're translating the same word. And God spoke all these things saying, I am Yahweh, your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in the heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them. For I, Yahweh, your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and the fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not take the name of Yahweh, your God, in vain, for Yahweh will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but on the seventh day, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to Yahweh, your God. On it you shall not do any work. You or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant or your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days Yahweh made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore, Yahweh blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your father and mother, that your days may be long in the land that Yahweh, your God, is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. 
You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male servant or his female servant or his ox or his donkey or anything that is your neighbor's. Now when all the people saw the thunder and flashes of lightning and the sound of the trumpet and the mountain smoking, the people were afraid and trembled and they stood far off and said to Moses, You speak to us, and we will listen, but do not let God speak to us, lest we die. And Moses said to the people, Do not fear, for God has come to test you, that the fear of him may be before you, that you may not sin. And the people stood far off, while Moses drew near to the thick darkness where God was. Okay, so our question was, what are the Ten Commandments? Again, we're only going to touch on four of those. The first one is, is this. They are words spoken by God. So, so how do we know that? Well, Exodus 20, verse 1. And God spoke all these words saying. So that's verse 1. So God speaks saying. And, this, and he's, going to get, he's going to say the content. The next part is going to be the content of what God says. And, and what are they? Um, well, most of it is the Ten Commandments. So, so these verses, starting in verse 2 through verse 17, um, that's where the Ten Commandments are. Are. So they are words spoken by God. They're the very words of God. So not only were they spoken by God, they were spoken by God to the whole congregation of Israel. Um, God said them out loud to all the people of Israel, which is not common. I mean, God speaks out loud sometimes. We hear his we, and we read in the New Testament that, that we, they heard his voice from heaven. But he speaks out, so he does that sometimes, right? But it, it isn't common. He does it once in a while. And here he does it, uh, it may be completely unique, to the whole congregation of the people of Israel. He does it to everybody. So, God, Moses doesn't have to re relay God's words to the people, um, he tells them himself. And here's how Moses described what happened. Uh, this is from Deuteronomy chapter 5. Again, the parallel passage. I'll just read you a couple of things. The Lord spoke with you face to face at the mountain, out of the midst of the fire, while I stood between the Lord and you at that time to declare to you the word of the Lord. Uh, and then back up into the previous chapter. Then the Lord spoke to you out of the midst of the fire. You heard the sound of words, but you saw no form. There was only a voice. So, so the question, the natural question is, so if these are God's direct words to the people, are they more authoritative than the rest of Scripture? So are they truer than the rest of what is in Scripture. Well, I have 
up here with me the Evangelical Free Church um, Statement of Faith. The second article reads this way. These are all, it all has biblical grounding. Uh, it says this about the Bible. We believe that God has spoken in the scriptures, both Old and New Testaments, through the words of human authors, as, as the verbally inspired word of God. The Bible is without error in its original writings, the complete revelation of his will for salvation, and the ultimate authority by which every realm of human knowledge and endeavor should be judged. Therefore, it is to be believed in all that it's, it is to be believed in all that it teaches, obeyed in all that it requires, and trusted in all that it promises. So, so bottom line is, it is not more authoritative. Every word of Scripture is God's word. So, and as I've mentioned before, Albert Moeller said, that, and there no, are no extra words. Right? So there are, every word that is there is meant to be there. So God speaks a lot of ways in Scripture. He speaks through, he speaks directly like he did here. He speaks through Moses. He speaks through the, through the prophets. He speaks through dreams sometimes. Um, and just through ordinary people writing what was happening. God spoke through them his very words, uh, just like he speaks the Ten Commandments. So then, so then why does God speak? directly to the people. What's the point then? If, if all this is authoritative, well, that was in our review. And the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I am coming to you in a thick cloud, that the people may hear when I speak to you and may also believe you forever. So that's why God speaks to them directly. So that they will believe Moses. He wants them to believe Moses and to trust Moses. They want, they want to believe, he wants them to believe that, that Moses is speaking for him. That Moses is speaking for God. And guess what? The people have been quoting him ever since. Right? So, John 9 there's a man who, a blind man who is healed. And after questioning him, the Pharisees say this. They're questioning him about who this Jesus might be. Uh, John 9, 28. They reviled him. This is, they reviled the blind man, saying, You are his disciple, but we are disciples of Moses. We know that God has spoken to Moses. But as for this man, we do not know where he comes from. And we still quote Moses today. So back to Exodus 20, verse 1. And God spoke all these words. So the Ten Commandments are the spoken words of God that he spoke out loud to the whole people of Israel. And by the way, 
that was very terrifying. So skip ahead. It's in our reading, but we, and we read all earlier, but this is verse 18 of chapter 20. Now when all the people saw the thunder and the flashes of lightning and the sound of the trumpet and the mountain smoking, the people were afraid and trembled, and they stood far off and said to Moses, You speak to us, and we will listen. But do not let God speak to us, lest we die. Terrifying experience. Second answer to the question. The question being, what are the Ten Commandments? Uh, Well, they are the words of Yahweh. So back to Exodus 20, verses 1 and 2. And God spoke all these words, saying, and here's what he said, I am Yahweh. Now, um, I need to refresh or remind people once in a while that, that, you know, your English Bible doesn't say I am Yahweh here, right? It says I am the Lord, uh, with all capital letters for Lord. The reason we, we do this way, we put it this way on Sunday nights, is that, that Exodus is a place where God reveals him, himself. And one of the things he, ways he does that um, is going to be evident here in a couple of minutes when I, when I read uh, something from earlier in Exodus. So God says things in Exodus like, I am who I am. He says things like, Like uh, Exodus 6, so turn to Exodus 6, and we will look at a few verses here, okay? I am Yahweh is how this starts, so let's look at Exodus 6, beginning in the first verse. It says this, but the Lord said to Moses, you shall, now you shall see what I will do to Pharaoh. For with a strong hand he will send them out, and with a strong hand he will drive them out of his land. God spoke to Moses and said to him, I am Yahweh. I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as El Shaddai, but by my name Yahweh, I did not make myself known to them. So, so notice that what he's saying here. I'm going to reveal something to you that I did not reveal to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. I'm going to reveal myself to you in a way that's different from the way that I revealed myself to them. That gets us through the end of verse 3. I also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, the land in which they lived as sojourners. Moreover, I have heard the groanings of the people of Israel, whom the Egyptians hold as slaves, and I have remembered my covenants. Say, therefore, to the people of Israel, I am Yahweh. And I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. And I will deliver you from slavery to them. And I will redeem you with an outstretched arm. 
and with great acts of judgment. So this is, this is God describing how he is revealing himself to them. I will take you to be my people, and I will be your God, and you shall know that I am Yahweh your God, who has brought you out from under the burden of the Egyptians. I will bring you into the land that I swore to give to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. I will give it to you for a possession. I am Yahweh. So Yahweh is not a far-off God, right? I have come down here to deliver you. I have come down here to rescue you. I have come down here to rescue you from the Egyptians, from being slaves. I have come down here to save you. I am Yahweh. I am Yahweh, your God. I will take you to be my people. That's what he said. So the Ten Commandments are the words of Yahweh. Your God, saying that to the people. To the people. They're not the remotes of somebody, they're not the words of somebody far off. They're the, they're the words of somebody who came down and kept coming down to them. And, and God reveals himself to them this way. I am Yahweh, your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt. That should sound familiar. We just, we just read it. I'm going to do this, the Lord says. Out of the house of slavery. That's what God does. So, the Ten Commandments are the words of Yahweh, the God who saves. That's what they are. I am Yahweh. Your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. So somebody asked me not, not very long ago, actually, about, about this. So, so why, when, when God is giving the Ten Commandments, why does he say, I am Yahweh, your God, who brought you out from the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery? Why doesn't he say, I am Yahweh? Your God, the creator of heaven and earth. Why doesn't he do that? Well, creating heaven and earth, earth is a big deal, I think, right? Uh, and God does use that sometimes to say, to, say, to, to say who he is. I am the Lord. I am God. I am the God. I am the, the creator God, the one who created heavens and earth. So, but here... God must also think, I am Yahweh your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery, must be a big deal too. Right? It must be a big deal. It's so that we remember his, how he reveals himself, the character that he reveals himself in. I am the saving God. That's who I am. I'm the God who rescues you. I'm the God who took you out of slavery. And he says it, and he repeats it. So you, this isn't the first time you've 
heard it. I'm not sure if we think about the commandments, if, if we think that, that, that this is what comes right before it. Because we kind of read, kind of read over it. We've got to get to the commandment. We've got to get to, um, we gotta get to, you shall have no other gods before me. Uh, John Salehammer, who, um, Old Testament scholar, said that God, I thought it was 135, but 135 times says this, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. 125 times that is written in scripture and we still forget it. Um, Almost like a throwaway statement that we see. You know, kind of, yeah, I've read it. I've read the Ten Commandments. I know what the Ten Commandments are. I am Yahweh, your God, is an essential part of his character that he brought us, they brought the people out of the land of Egypt, and we still forget. So, so last night, this person has no idea that I'm going to say this, but Suzanne over here with Brenda and Lori, uh, they were talking last night, and as I was doing some other stuff, and I came out there, and, and Suzanne said, my sister wanted me to ask you, why in John 8.33 does it say we have never been slaves? So um, I right away, after just confirming that that's the passage that she was talking about, said, you know, I have a, beside my Bible, in my Bible, beside that verse, I have written the words, wow, the word, wow. Right? So, so here's that story. And here's, here's the story. John 8, verses 31 to 38. So this is in, in, in verse 33. We're going to get to it. But this is Jesus speaking now. Uh, then Jesus said to... The Jews who had believed in him, if you remain in my word, you will truly be my disciples. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And they answered him, We are the seed of Abraham, or we are the offspring of Abraham, and we have never been enslaved to anyone. That's where I have wow written. How do you say that you will be free? So, the people, the, the people here he was talking to knew I am Yahweh your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. So, so why did they say that then? And, and in their current state, they were really in subjection to the Romans. They had been in, in subject to the people of Babylon when, when 
when Babylon took their leaders, made them go into exile, and left some of the people back to be to work the land, to be slaves of the land, basically. And they said, we have never been slaves to anyone. Well, well, why would they say that? Well, that was the question. And Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you that everyone practicing sin is a slave of sin. So he's getting to the point that he means. He doesn't even, he doesn't even say wow to them. You know, he says, and the one who is a slave does not remain in the house forever, but the son remains forever. If, therefore, the son has set you free, you will be free indeed. I know that you are the seed of Abraham. Now he answers him. But you seek to kill me. Because the word because my word has not does not have room in you. What I have seen from the Father I speak. Therefore you hear you do what you hear from your father. When he goes on to say that your father is the devil, basically. So he, well he does say that. But anyway, so why is it? Well, it could be, you know, this morning Pastor Randy read uh, Ephesians 4, 18. Being darkened in their understanding, being excluded from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in, in them or Pastor Randy translated it through the ignorance that, w- that was in them, that is in them, and because of or through the hardness of their heart. That's why. Being darkened in their understanding, their hatred for Jesus. And, and I just find this whole little section so interesting. It starts off with Jesus says this to the people who had believed in him, to the Jews who had believed in him. And at the end he says, but you guys are trying to kill me. You're, going to do, you're trying to do the works of your father. Very, very important for us to understand that even the things that get repeated like this and we know about over and over and over again uh, can darken, can be darkened in our understanding. So next point then, um, what are the Ten Commandments? Well, they are the words of God's covenant. So the the covenant doesn't appear in, the word covenant doesn't appear in Exodus 20, uh, but it does appear in the parallel passage that I mentioned in in Deuteronomy chapter 5. So so, um, we will talk about that here. So in Deuteronomy 4, Here's Deuteronomy 5, verses 2 and 3, where, where God talks, where Moses talks about that. Talking about the same thing, talking about the Ten Commandments. The Lord our God made a covenant with us in Horeb. Not with our fathers did the Lord make his covenant, but with us, 
who are all who are all of us here alive today. So, so this is 38 years later, probably, maybe even longer, um, but at least 38 years later, Moses recounting that, saying, well, here's what happened. God made a covenant with us there. God made a covenant at, at Horeb. And a few in the chapter before, uh, this really clar- clarifies it. And he declared to you his covenant, which he commanded you to perform, that is, the Ten Commandments. And he wrote them on two tablets of stone. So back to Exodus chapter chapter 20. And God spoke all these words, saying, I am Yahweh your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. So these are more than just introductory words to the Ten Commandments. They are this quotation. Um, this is a this is a the form of the Ten Commandments is the same form that you would have with a king making a covenant with his subjects. Um, John Salehammer uh, uh, points it out. Also, Frame gives a, John Frames has an extended section on it. But basically, it's what it, it's what this. Here's how it is. A covenant starts out and it says, says this. The great king says this. I am Yahweh, your God. I say this, basically. Here's the historical reason that I say that. Because I brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. And here are the terms of the covenant. Here are the stipulations of the covenant. And, and you need to keep them. If you keep them, I'm going to give you blessings. If you don't keep them, it's going to go badly for you. Curses. And then in some cases, which, which appears in, in Deuteronomy, the last part is not in Exodus chapter 20, which is kind of some administrative matters dealing with it. But this is in the same form as they would have been familiar with in their day of what a covenant is. This is a Covenant, and I mentioned John Frame. There's, there's, he explains just in a really great way um, what this means by a covenant, as well. So, just going to read a few sentences here. The Decalogue—that means the Ten Commandments, the Ten Words—is a covenant document setting forth the terms of the covenant the name of the Lord, the circumstances of the covenant, the laws Israel is to obey, and the blessings and curses that enforce those laws. The Decalogue serves as the foundational document of the covenant between God and Israel under the mediatorship of Moses. It is Israel's written constitution. Its highest law, the ultimate test of Israel's faithfulness. That's what the Ten Commandments is. It is a covenant that God makes with his people. So what are the Ten Commandments? The last thing, they are the words of God's God's covenant to his people, but they are also then, they are a summary of what is in God's law. 
They're foundational, as Frame meant or said, but they're also they're also a summary. And um, the Ten Commandments they're, they're really a well known summary. We we think of them that way as a summary of the law. Um, I was as I was thinking about this, I just I have stuff in my head, songs in my head. I was thinking of a song that said, it says this. There are ten commandments. Now keep this straight. If you just keep the first two, you fulfill the other eight. The problem is those two aren't in the ten commandments. <laughs> That's only because of the... But, 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 but if you keep the other two, just fill the other ten, doesn't, doesn't work, doesn't rhyme. So, so, so anyway, they are, right, they are um, the, the two commandments, the two great commandments that Jesus quotes are not part of the Ten Commandments. They are, though, another summary of the Ten Commandments, or of the commandments of God, of the law of God. And there are others as well. But the Ten Commandments are a summary, and they're a foundational summary, of the law of God. In all those things, we see what the law is, or what the Ten Commandments are. One thing they are not is they are not a pathway for salvation for us. They are not a pathway for salvation. So, so somebody actually tried that once. Right? Somebody, somebody said, came up to Jesus, you will remember this story. What do I need to do to inherit eternal life? And what did Jesus say? Keep the commandments. And what did he say back? Which ones? So he lists off several of them, and including thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not kill, don't commit adultery. He lists those off. And then what does Jesus say? There's one thing you still lack. Go sell everything and give it to the poor and then follow me. And Jesus says, it, it says in there, in that passage in Mark, that Jesus loved him and he said, when he said those things. Jesus loved him when he said those things. But the guy goes away sad anyway. They are not a pathway that we can take for salvation. So, this, is, this may be the ultimate way um, that God spoke in the Old, Old Testament. The most, it's certainly the most foundational way that God spoke in the Old Testament. But guess what? Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. So we, this is not, the Ten Commandments are not the ultimate word of God, word from God. Jesus is, these never pass away, 
But Jesus is the ultimate word from God, and, and it's only in, in the God who saves, the God who rescues, is the only way that we can be rescued. Still, he never changes. He never changes. It's only by faith in Christ alone that we can be saved. We can't be saved by keeping the Ten Commandments. So if we have faith in Christ, just like, just like God saved them from slavery, God saves us from uh, slavery to sin. And then... As it said in, in the passage that we read earlier in John, and if the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. The ultimate, the ultimate word from God is Jesus. Let's close in prayer, and then we will have our final hymn. Praise him. Yep. So we'll close in prayer. So Lord, we thank you um, for your word to us. We thank you for these Ten Commandments. We thank you that you are not a God who is far off, that these are uh, important things. They're significant things. They're relevant things um, that you have revealed for us about how to live how to honor you, how to glorify you, Lord. But we also thank you for your ultimate word to us in Jesus Christ. We thank you that you sent him to die for our sins. We thank you that through faith in him, we can be made righteous before you. Lord, we also thank you for the way that you care for your people and thank you that Marilyn's uh, headaches have gone down. We pray for that to continue to happen. Lord, we pray these things in the name of Jesus, your Son. Amen.